Welcome to High Vibes and Grateful Heart, a podcast for women on the rise. When we come back, we'll be talking with Denise Fitzpatrick of My Marriage Works. She's going to be diving into all the details of having a great relationship. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here in the studio today with my good friend, Denise Fitzpatrick of My Marriage Works. Hello, Denise. Hi, Jen. It's so nice to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Welcome. So, Denise, we love to start the program just sharing with our listeners a little bit about the work that you do. What is your why and what mm-hmm. it, you know what, what led you to this work? Mm-hmm. So, I feel like, you know, I came into the, this world meant to do the work that I do, um, which has evolved over the years. But in my high school yearbook, under my picture where it says, you know, what do you what do you want to do? And I wrote therapist. So that has been my journey for a very long time. Um, you know, then I went to college for social services. I went and got my master's later in life because I really wanted to be a therapist. Um, so I've been licensed in the state of Massachusetts for 20 years. And originally my work started out as doing home-based family therapy. And that's where I really got interested in the couple dynamic, which led me to train extensively in doing couples therapy. Um, and so I've been doing that for the last decade, which has evolved into doing um, marriage and relationship coaching, I would say, over the last four years. So that's kind of a... It takes a special person to do that kind of work. And it's interesting that you knew at such a young age that it was important for you to, you know, sort of hold that space for other people. Mm-hmm. That takes, takes, takes certain characteristics and gifts. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think... I think I've always had a, a good ability to hold space for people and to be curious. So interesting story is like when I was much younger and, you know, back in the days of CB radios, break the one nine, like that whole <laughs> yeah, thing. Right. Um, so I'm aging myself. But uh, my father had a CB radio and so we, we used to like to hop on it. Well, my ta- my handle name was Question Box. Because I always was inquiring. I was always curious. And so my family ended up giving me that name. That's and great. so I think that's a skill that is just super important in in the work that I do. Absolutely. And I can imagine just with the last couple of years that we've all endured, that relationships in general have been really tested. And I can imagine marriages or partnerships between two people have been you know, have really felt the effects of what's going on and mm-hmm. just the mental health of of so many people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that um, in this pandemic that, you know, there are couples whose relationships probably grew stronger, you know, the people that um, finally got to slow their pace of life down and be home with children. But then, Equally so, I think it caused a lot of people to sort of make that decision. Maybe they were um, considering uh, separating or divorcing, and then like that pandemic just really put issues in everybody in the front of everybody's mind. Sure. Um, and even couples that are still together, I think, working through all of this, homeschooling young children, just 
all of it has been really challenging, I think, for everybody. Absolutely. Financial concerns, you know, not to mention that I think people are just reevaluating everything. You know, what's meaningful to them? What's important? And and in lieu of some of these things that I think we're just socialized to value, Mm -hmm. I think it's been a real shift for for so many people. Yes. And I'm sure you're seeing that Mm -hmm. in, in the work that you're doing. I remember when we first met and we I was learning more about your business actually in in one of the mastermind groups mm-hmm. that we host and I remember being struck by this concept that you shared that when you work with somebody who's struggling in a marriage for example you know we always think it takes two people to to address those issues, to address those problems. But you talked a lot about how one person can change a dynamic. Can you share a little bit more insight on that? Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's – I firmly believe that not only because it's how I changed my own relationship, my own marriage, but it's how I help other women. I mean, I do work with couples – Uh, But I also work with women individually because here's the thing. If we look at relationships as a system, right, and so there's a, you know, one person does something and then there's a response to that and then there's that person does something and there's a response to that. It's sort of like this infinity circle around and around and around. And so all it takes is one person to change that their step to completely shift the system. Or their response. Yeah, or their response, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm... uh, coming with a different response than I typically do, then my partner eventually is going to respond differently to that. Right. Right. So it doesn't take two, which is awesome because um, it really puts you back in the driver's seat instead of feeling like I have to wait for the other person or I can't get the other person to like come to therapy with me. It's like you don't have to. You can do this all by yourself. I think, you know, this goes back to a lot of the work that I do with my coaching clients around mindset, but also limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Like we grow up with these limiting beliefs in our subconscious mind that kind of get stuck there. And I think it follows us through our entire adulthood Mm -hmm. into our relationships, into our work dynamics. And, And if you can kind of identify things like that and rewire your brain in some way to kind of right. reset your story, I think that that just changes everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's a game changer, mm-hmm. really. But also mindset. You know, yeah, we, we're I mean, so the, much about the other person being at fault or the other person being responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you were speaking to limiting beliefs. Um, there's so many around marriage, just marriage in general, what it means to be married, what a marriage is supposed to be for you, right? And like thinking we'll get married and everything will be amazing and we're going to ride off in the sunset and the happily ever after. Right. We're all sort of conditioned to believe this, right? And then when it doesn't happen, we're disappointed. Right. And then we don't have the skills to sort of negotiate and figure out how to make our differences work for us. Absolutely. Because we have the expectation that the other person is supposed to do what we need and what we want. But if we continue on that cycle, we're forever going to be in a cycle of frustration and disappointment. And resentment. Yes. Absolutely. And that's yep. not good for anybody. Right. Right. Well, it's so important um, what you're doing for, for people. Talk to us a little bit about, like, who comes to you? Like, who is your ideal client? And why do they seek out you as a coach or a relationship, you know, mm-hmm. support? So – I would say majority of people are couples who come to me, and I would say that midlife um, 
anywhere from late 30s all the way up through 50s and even 60s. But I would say most of them fall in the 40-ish, 50-ish range, right? So okay. they've been married for 15, maybe 20 years, um, and they are committed to staying married. They want to stay in the relationship, but things have just gotten really painful to a point where they just don't want to live like that anymore. Because when your marriage is struggling, it really impacts every area of your life. And so people start to really feel that their quality of life is suffering when you're just ca- you feel like you're carrying around a heavy suitcase all the time, right. right? And so they finally get to a breaking point where it's like, I just don't want to be this way anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. Um, typically, they are caught in just these repeated cycles, negative cycles, negative patterns of interacting with each other. And over time, like you were saying before, like resentment, like all of that builds and it actually creates a wall between you. And when people feel so disconnected from their partner, they're like, what are we doing here? Right. Right. I don't want to live the rest of my life. And especially people in midlife are starting to think about that second half of life. Right. And what is that going to look like? And what do, do I want to be with this person? Yes, but I don't want it to be this way. Yeah. Right. So let's figure it out before it gets to that point. Absolutely. And then you, I'm assuming, give help them um, first to identify th- what's really going on. But then I'm imagining you help with some strategies mm-hmm. around communication and yeah. mindset and to help them sort of heal and repair. Mm-hmm. Well, it, and this goes back to... Uh, when we were talking about it only takes one person. So when people first come in to meet with me, you know, it's really just kind of an assessment phase of like what's going on in the relationship, what's not working, what is working, and where do you want your relationship to be? Um, And some come in, like you were saying, with the mindset of the other person needs to change for all of this to get better. So the first order of business is letting, helping people understand the change is going to come from within you. Absolutely. So even though I have two people sitting in front of me, they are each doing their own individual work. Right. Right. So now it's about identifying how do you become a better partner rather than how can I get my partner to be a better partner, right? Right. Yeah. And so it's that. It's the individual work of like how do I become a better communicator, How do I engage without blaming, without judging? And, you know, all of that takes a lot of time because these patterns have been so ingrained and everything happens so automatically that, you know, people have to undo all the patterns that have, say, been going on for 15, 20, 25 years. Yeah, it's like a, an unraveling as we talk about yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Unraveling of, the, of that stuff that piles up. So it does take a lot of time, I'm imagining. What should somebody expect in terms of a commitment or investment of, of time to working with mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I think it depends, um, of course. But there are some people that, like at the very least, three months' time, Again, at the very least, three months' time because there's not a lot that you're going to accomplish in one month. I mean, you're going to start to get momentum, but then if you stop right there, it's so easy to go back into your default patterns. Right. So you really want to work on practicing, evaluating, kind of locking in those new habits. So at the very least, I'd say three months, and sometimes that could be true for like 
couples that have been married maybe 10 years, people that have been married longer, 15, 20, 25 years, a minimum of six months. Right. And when you think about it, it's such a small investment of time when you think about how long you've been doing it the way you've been doing it and then how much future you have ahead of you. Right. Right. And I imagine there's really no assurances when couples come to see you. Like you can only, you know, obviously you give them the tools, you give them the strategies. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that they're not all success stories. I imagine mm -hmm. that some people uncover the fact that, you know what, this this really isn't the right relationship yes. for me to be in anymore. And so um, that must be a little unsettling as, as a it practitioner. It is. I mean, I, I think I was, I don't know if I was talking to you about it or somebody else, but there's this feeling of like, oh, like I just want to, I just want to make it better for them. And, and I know I can't. Right. And that's their journey. And so the way that I like to reframe it for myself is just thinking, well, I've helped them figure that out in a in a much better way than they would have figured it out on themselves Absolutely. on their own. Right. There would have been much more hurt. There would have been escalating arguments. Like at least they were able to do it in a way where somebody kind of facilitated that conversation between them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just find the whole thing fascinating, honestly, and I and I and I love that you are offering these services to to our community. Do you work both virtually and in person, or do you tend to prefer mm -hmm. like face to face? Well, when I so I do have an office in Walpole, and prior to the pandemic, like everybody, all of my my practice was entirely in person, um, and since the pandemic. I've done virtual and I do some people prefer to be in the office with me and I'm right. totally open to that but what this has also allowed me to do is reach people across the country Absolutely. right because I'm not practicing as a therapist I'm not practicing under my license so I'm not restricted to only working with people in Massachusetts which is awesome sure so um so it's both, really, to answer your question. Yeah. Yeah. So we all, you know, on this show, we love to, um, you know, highlight women who are, you know, as I like to say, on the rise and really connecting to their sole purpose and doing work that just lights them up. But we know, you and I both know, that it's not always just the simple, easy path and that there are challenges that we we run up against. And I like our listeners to to learn about those because I think there's a lot to be said for the lessons in mm -hmm. some of those experiences. So mm -hmm. what do you feel is the most significant challenge that you've faced in your life and mm -hmm. what has it taught you? Well, gosh, there's, there's so many, right? Like um, along the way, but I, you know, you don't have like the next week for me to sit <laughs> here and tell you all. So I'll share with you uh, the most recent in my most uh, recent time is um, it, must have, it actually was six years ago. Um, six years ago, I had finally gotten, gotten to the point where um, I made a decision to, to quit drinking, to give up alcohol. Um, and that was really a, a huge decision because alcohol has been a part of my life since I was like 15 years old, I, you know, drinking in the woods in high school. And um, it slowly, the relationship with alcohol got really... Uh, tricky over the years. I didn't like who I'd become. It definitely got in the way of my marriage and other relationships. I just really didn't like what it, who I had become. 
And for years, I wanted to stop, and I just felt like I, I couldn't. I, or, and and the, the couldn't wasn't true, but that's what I was believing, right? Mm-hmm. Like so many of us feel like I was like, I couldn't imagine doing life without alcohol. Right. How do I go to Sunday dinner? How do I go to a party? How do I go out to a restaurant? restaurant. Yeah, sure. all the things. Sure. So now having been – now I'm on the other side of that six years later, and I look back. I did have one uh, lapse in that very first year, so it's actually been five years of consistent with no alcohol, and um, – it just feels amazing. I was My, gonna say, yeah. you must feel so much. It better. feels amazing. Like I feel better about myself. Everything in my life got better when I gave up alcohol. My business exploded. My relationships got better. Um, yeah, it just was like the best decision I could have ever made. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that because I know that's a kind of a vulnerable thing to to express and to share. But I think it's so important that we, um, as women who are role models and, and leaders in our community, that we're honest about mm. the fact that we bump into things that yeah. that are not easy, that are that are very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think to show your um, commitment and your strength and how you approach that, how you addressed it, mm-hmm. I think it it just shows. Real courage and self-love, which is a yes. big topic for us um, within our community and, yeah. and on this show. So mm-hmm. I really um, I thank you for sharing that yeah, with us. Yeah, of course. What about with your business? Um, I mean, I just I know as a solopreneur, there's like it's it's a tough road. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can feel kind of isolating. Have you run into challenges around kind of you know being out there on your own as my marriage works? Like how? What what kind of challenges have you faced along the way for, as a business entrepreneur? Um, well, I think, you know, what you said, number one, is it can be lonely, right? And so one of the things that I've done over the last three years is really connected to some networking groups and created some communities of people, obviously, at, at uh, SheBreeze as well. Um, that was a piece that was really missing for me. And so now... I mean, now I look at sort of the community I've created around me, and that feels really nice. Um, so so loneliness is one of those. And it still comes up because, you know, sure. you get stuck in your office and you kind of like, you know, get bogged down with your work or you get stuck in your head. Um, but it's nice to know that there are people out there that I can turn to. Um, and I think the natural ebbs and flows yeah. of being an entrepreneur is It's real. Yeah, it's real. It's very challenging. It feels like, you know, one day you could be on top of the world. Everything is going amazing. I've got it. And then literally, might not even be a day. It could be literally hours. And then you're like in the bottom of the swamp. (laughs) It's not working. I'm I'm going to give up. So that. um, And then we start beating ourselves up, which is so counterproductive. Right. So that continues to be a challenge. And I think it it will be. It's just when you get to that place when it feels really swampy, what I'm trying to do is not make it be such a big problem. Right. Right. To not, like you said, beat myself up, right. not get to that place where we're just so harsh on ourselves and just like, okay, it's part of the process. Yeah. Be in right? the flow and, and know that it's going to naturally shift. Yeah. Because that's, it always does. That's the one thing we know, right, is nothing ever stays the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that when we become comfortable with that reality it, and stop resisting it, mm-hmm. it's, it just flows 
more easily. Yeah. Yeah. More effortlessly, as we like to say. So what do you love most about yourself? I I really like this part of the show (laughs) where we ask women, because we are not naturally talking about what we like. So what is it about yourself? A physical trait, a personality trait, a characteristic? I mean, I know you and there's so many wonderful things about you, but what would you say you love most about yourself? It is it is true as women it's just like cuz the minute you said that I was like ooh you know like <laughs> oh no like I I don't want to talk about me yeah um I think it's just my playfulness and my sense of humor oh you have like, a, you have a good being one fun having yeah. fun and being fun and yeah just you and know. you just connect with people I think so naturally and easily which is very important in the work that you yeah. do absolutely yeah yeah well, I've been known to laugh when I'm around you quite a bit. <laughs> so I would agree that's that's definitely one uh, one beautiful trait. Um, so let me ask you this. How do you, because, you know, we're big on talking about self-care and self-love um, within the We Breathe Wellness community and within She Breathes. How do you practice self-care? How do you get back into balance when you start to feel mm-hmm. like things are not yeah. or maybe out of alignment for yeah. you? Well, definitely the gym. Ah, yes, that helps a lot. I don't get there as often as I would like, maybe three times a week, but still that's enough. But I was even thinking to myself today, like, oh, I'm feeling like I need some gym time. Yeah. Uh, Because it always just puts you in a different headspace, a better headspace. So so definitely the gym. And I, I keep my schedule so that I don't feel frantic. So having a lot of, like, spaciousness in my life is really important. So I don't feel hurried. So I don't feel like I've got a million things to do. That is so important to me. Absolutely. Especially in the work that you do in yes. order to hold space for other people and their and their growth and healing. Mm-hmm. You really need to be able to allow space for your own reflection, your own sort of, yeah. you know, I think that's so important. Something I... I Strive to be better, <laughs> better about. Um, the other thing I love to ask our guests is if you could go in a time machine and go back and talk to yourself when mm. you were twelve or thirteen year old girl, what would you tell yourself? What would what advice would you give to yourself? Mm. Uh, I know it's that's a tough one, huh? It's heavy. Yeah, it is heavy. But kind of fun. Yeah. Do, I wish we could do that. Yeah. Well, for one, I would I would give her a huge hug. Oh, yes. Right? So I'd wrap my arms around her and say, Woo. Yeah. <laughs> You're perfect. Yeah. Just the way you are. Absolutely. That's an important message for our, our young women to hear now from those of us who have lived it. Yeah, because how many years do we go through life thinking the opposite, always comparing? Yes, always feeling not enough, or you know, looking outward instead of inward. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important message. Mm-hmm. So, we want all of you young women to hear it. Wrap your arms around yourself, give yourself a hug, trust yourself, and know that you are just enough. Yes. Perfectly, yes. right? Yes. It's a good message. Thank you. Um, do you have a favorite mantra that you like to sort of live by? Um, or a concept or a, just like something that grounds you? When yeah, you're... well, I think when, and this is kind of new for me in the last couple of years, like when I am experiencing like some big 
uncomfortable negative emotions, I remind myself like um, it's okay. Like it's just a, a, a feeling in your body and it's going to go away. Don't make it wrong. Don't resist it and it will pass. So that's that's been really huge for me because I used to spend a lot of time in my head thinking, why are you feeling this way? What's wrong with you? Da, 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 da. And now I don't ask myself that question. The, the point is, do you feel that way right now? Right. So And it's okay. Just it, let it be. It's kind of like letting go of the controls of the mm. things that we really can't right. always manage. Yeah, and, and the just question of why it. never – you can't really answer that. So right. you just kind of loop in your brain. It makes you feel worse. Right. It's like what am I going to – how am I going to respond to this? Yep. Right? That's great. That's really um, – that's, that's an important thing for us all to remember. So – we our listeners are made up of a lot of women doing you know different areas of their their life on, on a different journey. Many are in transition. Um, maybe some of them are are thinking about making a big life change or um, moving from potentially a corporate job into a more heart centered line of work. What advice would you give to those women, those listeners who are? you know, wanting so desperately to create change to elevate their lives. You know, you've been through this. What mm-hmm. what advice do you have for those women? Well, I mean, it's scary, but you have to think about at the end of it, are you going to have regrets, right? So I, that's what I always think about. It's like, what do I want to have accomplished when I, you know, 20 years from now, when I'm looking back on my life, mm-hmm. I don't want to have any regrets. So I'm willing to do the uncomfortable to achieve the goal, right? right? And so that's another thing that I've kind of worked through in the over the last couple of years too is like feeling uncomfortable is not a problem. Right. Right, cuz you can do uncomfortable. It's part of the process. That's right. And so when you kind of embrace that or just don't expect to to do it comfortably. Right. I think I used to expect like, well, I'll do it when I'm comfortable. Well, no, I can do it when I'm uncomfortable, and sure. that's where the growth is. Absolutely. Yeah. And life just goes by so quickly. It's, you know, just carpe diem, as they say, right? <sighs> what's – what's so maybe it doesn't work. Yep. What? So what? And it's what do we make our failures mean exactly. too, right? Absolutely. It's all part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And so much better than just staying stuck and stagnant and not acting at all. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. Very true. And if we can look at, at quote, failure – as just a learning, right, yeah. is what what can I learn from this? What can I do better? How am I going to move forward instead of, oh, I failed, it didn't work, and give up? Absolutely. Which sometimes, you know, you feel like you want to, but yeah. You keep plugging along. I think it's. I think that's, that's the way. I mean, what what option do we have, really? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about the importance of having a tribe, a community of people, um, and I I know that you mentioned earlier that that's really helped you as an entrepreneur to to involve yourself in communities, mm-hmm. I, and you know that connection is so important. But what purpose do organizations like She Breathes? Um, women's collaborative or some of these other groups that you're in what purpose does it serve for you how does it help you well in a in a bunch of different ways i mean i think one is to just be in community with other women feels so good right yeah. i mean just having that connection and then also knowing you're not in it alone right right and so many of the other women in other 
groups and she breathes or experience the same things, right? right? And so, like, it's a sisterhood, you know, a soft place to land, a place where you feel a sense of belonging. It's so important. Yeah. It is. I also love the fact that, at least in our group, and I think in most of these kinds of groups that are out there, there's so many different kinds of women who come, who are mm-hmm. attracted to these kinds of places with all different kinds of life experiences and, and um, you know, viewpoints and personalities. And I love that, that sort of collective, we come together as individuals with our own stories, but when we come together as a collective, there's mm-hmm. so much growth in those connections and in those yeah. kinds of interactions and the co-creation that happens. Absolutely. That's what I see is sort of the magic of, of places like the Sheepreeze mm-hmm. community because we are so much more than ourselves. Yes. You know, and, and when we're together, we have so much more impact mm-hmm. and power. So yeah. I do love that. Um, okay, one of my favorite questions on the show, and everyone is like, oh, there's so many things I would like to say, but what would you like to see more or less of in the world? And I know that's a loaded question with everything that's going on around right. us. Um, I don't know if I wrote an answer down for that one, did I? But here's what, where my thoughts immediately go, so then you can tell me if that's what I wrote. But um, I think – so. It always comes down to children for me, and um, when I was first starting out in my career as a therapist, I did a lot of home-based family work. Oh, yes. Um, and it, it some of it's heart-wrenching, but just we just need better systems for yeah. children. Yeah. You know, like it breaks my heart, like the, the foster care system, the D D. CCF, whatever it's called now, um, those systems are so broken. Mm. And I I actually could never work in one of those systems because I couldn't be around. Like, it would just, I don't, (laughs) it would just break my heart. Um, We need better systems for our kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk about vulnerability Mm. and and being in a place where you can't, I mean, you really need to rely on the support of other, Mm. of, of institutions, people, community. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good answer. Um, so I know that your practice is literally right down the street from where we are located at the We Breathe Wellness Center mm-hmm. and um, where our SheBreeze community resides, right in Walpole. How could people get in touch with you if they are interested in um, having you hiring you to help with mm-hmm. their relationship challenges and or you know, just to consult with you in any way. Yeah. So they can go to my website, which is www.mymarriageworks.com. Uh, there's plenty of ways even on there to reach me, whether it's my email address or to sign up for uh, a free consultation to talk about whether or not it's a fit for us to work together. And if you're on Facebook, I'm on Facebook. It's just under my personal profile. That's where I, I post all of my content. So it's Denise Fitzpatrick. Uh, and I'm on Instagram, but I don't post that often. And on Instagram, it's Instagram slash my marriage works. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I highly recommend that anyone out there listening who has any thoughts of needing support in this area with their relationships with a partner, a spouse, or even a, a family member or, or an, a work 
related right. situation that I know Denise um, would love to work with you. So please reach out, give her a call. I highly recommend her. And I'm so, so grateful that you joined us in the studio yeah. today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Until next time, I encourage you to practice high vibes and keep a grateful heart. With love, Jen. Mm-hmm.